You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Hello, I am super excited to be with Dr. Deborah Fryer today. She is a catalyst for change and a transformational speaker and coach. She helps heart-centered entrepreneurs and business owners tap into greater confidence, clarity, and creativity so they can stress less, earn more, and become financially free. Sounds really great. Deborah uses an ancient she uses ancient wisdom and cutting edge science to help her clients upgrade their mindsets for financial, emotional, and physical well being. She is a true Renaissance woman, deeply versed in science, spirituality, and business strategy. And we're going to learn that they're variations of the very same thing. She's an award winning documentary filmmaker. She holds a PhD in both classics and comparative literature from Princeton University. Okay, we've got an overachiever here. She has been practicing yoga and meditation for over 30 years. She's the author of three books on mindset and personal development, including Best Brain Hacks, 108 Scientific, Spiritual, and Sensual Strategies for Success, Best Year Ever, and Turn On Your Tap, Your Guide to Creating Effortless Flow and Abundance. So with her eclectic toolkit of science, spirituality, literature, and art, Deborah truly helps her clients to see their subconscious programming so they can change their limiting beliefs and habits for good. And when we shine our light of consciousness into those dark places within us, we become free to rewrite our stories to be more productive, prosperous, on purpose, and at peace than we ever thought possible. Deborah, it is such an honor and privilege to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. So I just want to say that I had the great pleasure of connecting with Deborah at a health influencer conference just a few years ago, and we had this instant soul connection. We had so much fun. It was like we knew each other from, I don't know, 100, 1,000 years ago. So I know this conversation is going to be great in whatever direction it goes in, but today we're going to focus on mindset for healing, and Deborah is an expert in mindset. And the way that I thought about it, even though she focuses on the money mindset as a business, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that when we're in the right state of flow, when we have the right beliefs and we dig into this subconscious and, and just get ourselves in that state of energy flow, that the money might flow, the health and the wealth, all of it, doesn't it come from the same place or am I off base? It's all one thing. You're absolutely right. It is all one thing. And money is energy. Money is energy just as we are energy. And, you know, I, 
excuse me, I struggled. uh, And I do sometimes struggle with calling myself a money mindset coach, because every time I write down what my values are, money's not one of them. And yet people come to me because money is such a source of stress. It's a source of, of inflammation. It's a source of digestive issues. It's a source of migraines. Mm. It's a source of arthritis. It's a source of insomnia, right? Money issues keep people up at night. It is a source of stress in marriages. And so if there's friction emotionally, you know, people will blame their money. And the amazing thing that I've discovered in doing this work with thousands of women by now is that they improve their relationships with their husbands. One woman said to me, you know, this is better than any marital counseling we've ever done before. And I think of three people that I worked with whose marriage is improved. And they went on not only to stay with their partners, not leave them, but to have children with those partners that they mm. were thinking of leaving. Yeah. I can also think of a number of clients who struggled with migraines and no longer do, who struggled with digestive issues and no longer do, who struggled with arthritis and no longer do. So there is a connection between not money, but what we think money will do for us mm. or the corollary is what we don't think is possible without money. For example, if I don't have money, I'm not powerful. If I don't have money, I'm not worth anything. If I don't have money, I'm not contributing anything of value. Mm. And you can see how we begin to tell ourselves subconsciously these stories of, I must be worthless because I don't have money. And that is absolutely not true. That is absolutely not true. There is zero correlation between your magnificence, between how valuable you are, between how much you have to contribute, how unique and creative and amazing you are as a human soul right now on the earth plane at this time, whether or not you make money. And we've been conditioned to believe that if you have money, you're valuable. And if you don't have money, you're not valuable. And I'm really on a mission to unhook people around the world from this conditioning, which is a misperception of how truly divine and worthwhile you are. You have said so much there. And when you said that we think we're not worthy because we don't have money, the opposite of that is also true, right? That when we have worthiness issues and unworthiness, and we're going to dig into this because this Mm -hmm. is the core of what I believe the autoimmune problem is. These, These And they're equally not true. Okay. Right? If, yeah. if you think that you're worthy because you have money, then the, if the money goes away, if the right. stock market crashes, if you get fired, if you'll lose your money, if you make a bad investment, if you know you pick, money goes and comes and it goes and comes just like the tide. And so if your money disappears and you hook your worthiness on having money and then it goes away, you have unconsciously given money the power to validate you. Mm. Please don't do that because it will affect your health and your true health. Your true wealth is your health. Yes. Oh, so beautifully said. I love that. And would you mind sharing with us, because I always love starting with story. It really helps to, um, yes, I'll drink to that too. Um, It really (laughs) helps to connect people with how you got to be doing what you're doing and how did you, what was your mindset evolution like? 
Well, you already identified when you read my bio, wow, you're really an overachiever. And I was one of those type A overachievers. I was really good at school and I was really good at getting straight A's and I was really good at running marathons and I was really good at, you know, like doing big hairy ass goals and completing them and succeeding them and being at the top. And I was trained that way as many people were. I was conditioned to, if I got a 99%, Rather than celebrating, I got a 99 to fret about what was the one question I missed. Or if I got 104, what was the one extra credit question I missed? It was always, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And that was my come from. So I um, had a career I loved as a documentary filmmaker. And my income as a documentary filmmaker was like this. You know, if I was on a project, I was psyched if I was between projects. I felt like the biggest loser on the planet. And, and there were many a month where I would recycle cans to make enough money to pay my rent and, mm-hmm. and buy dog food. And I like rice, so that was okay. But you know, it was, it was challenging. It was often hand to mouth. And I was embarrassed because I have a PhD from this, this fancy institution. And I thought I should like, I thought I should be something that I wasn't, or, or I thought I wasn't something that I should be in, I, in any case. I was doing something wrong, right? What I was doing wasn't working and what I wasn't doing, whatever I thought I should be doing, I wasn't doing. So I was in a mess. So I decided, well, I should just go to medical school. Then I'll get a real paycheck, real paycheck, real respect, real income, you know, I'll have authority. So the the crazy thing about this story is, as you've heard, I have a PhD in comparative literature and before that master's degrees in classics and comparative literature and art history. And and I'm a yoga teacher. I'm very right brain. I'm very sensitive. I'm very intuitive. I'm very artistic. I had never taken science since I built a Rube Goldberg machine in 10th grade. And here I am thinking that I'm going to be a doctor. And partly, you know, I'll just in full vulnerable transparency share with you that I discounted my PhD. I still cringe to think of this, but I took it off my resume because people said, don't have a PhD from Princeton on your resume. It's going to intimidate people. As if it was my job to protect people from feeling whatever they feel if they see that I have an awesome education. But I did. I took it off my resume. I didn't let anybody know. I was super ashamed of it. Even though I worked so hard and I'm so proud of it, I was also ashamed of it. And this is the conflict that overachievers fall into, right? We feel like imposters. We feel both like I'm better than everybody else, but I'm not good enough. And in neither one of those allows us to be our true self. So anyway, off I trotted to medical school, but I had to do a post-baccalaureate pre-medical degree first. So I'm working in the anatomy lab. I'm taking physiology and uh, anatomy and biology and statistics and psychology and all the pre-med classes. And um, I was right on the way. I'd finished all the courses. I was just wrapping up the very end. In fact, maybe I think I was done. And there was a flood in our town. And, you know, instantly the room I'm sitting in was wiped out. It was underwater. Uh, And we didn't have flood insurance. So that was a very costly uh, event. And then a couple of weeks later, my dad dropped dead of a heart attack. Mm. He just fell off his chair and that was the end. And he was young. He was 74. And the next day, because I was on my way to medical school, I was working at the time in the anatomy lab. And it was my job to take the heart out of the cadaver and prepare it for a dissection for the students. The day after, my dad, 
my own dad had just died of a massive coronary arrest. So I did that. I showed up in the anatomy lab, tears streaming, and, and I did the dissection and I held the heart in my hands and the heart of the cadaver. I could see that man had also died of a massive coronary because when the heart is working properly, it contracts and receives, right? It, it opens and closes, it squeezes and releases. This is the consistent state of flow of everything, not only the heart, of every cell, of your breath, food moving through you, of water moving through you, of life force moving through you, of tides, of weather, everything does this. But in the case of sudden massive coronary, it's like this, it's too, it's like totally chaotic. Mm. And I could see that I was holding that in my hands and it was like the planetarium, my crown chakra opened and the entire universe rushed in. And I could see in that moment that I had run my business completely anti-nature. I had been overgiving. I'd been pulling all-nighters. I had not been charging because I was afraid to receive money because I didn't feel worthy or valuable or deserving of the money. So even though I'd make award-winning films, I was afraid to get paid because I was afraid to have money. Like there was so much subconscious garbage that was up for me. Mm. And I could see holding the heart in my hands that I was not running my business like this, which is how everything in the universe operates, including the birth of the universe herself. So I just realized I, I need to stop. I need to get my, <coughs> I need to get my butt in the meditation cushion. I need to give it to God. I need to go underground like Persephone. I need to meditate. And I just need to just stop running my business the way I had been running it in a very masculine way of overgiving and pushing and, and needing and desperation. And I just sat, I just sat on my meditation cushion. I, I spent a lot of time in the bathtub. I journaled a lot. I meditated a lot. I chanted, I cried. I went for long walks in nature. And as I walked through the winter, I noticed that the leaves all fell off the trees and more light got in, that the more exposed and vulnerable the trees were, as it got darker, more light got in. And I began to realize that everything is energy. Everything is light and dark. They're not opposites. They're one thing. And fullness and emptiness are one cycle. They're not in conflict. And the way I had set up my business was that everything is in conflict. In fact, my whole mindset mm -hmm. had been that everything is in conflict. And let's bring this full circle to autoimmune disease because an autoimmune disease is when the self believes that it is in conflict with the self. And so uh, what, what we're talking about is really very close to my heart and close to my own experience. Um, recognizing that like I had really turned against myself. Right. And just to wrap up this story, so March came around and I had said to myself, I'm not gonna create anything until the first crocus. Nature doesn't create 24 seven. And I'd been doing it, it totally wasn't sustainable. No wonder I was burned out. I wasn't sleeping. I had terrible sinus issues. I was 20 pounds overweight. I was miserable. And so I just, you know, at the end of this like deep underground time, I decided I'll wait for the first crocus. First crocus comes up and the phone rings. And it was a film client I had worked with, you know, a year ago for a fraction of the budget that she was now offering me. And she said, hey, you know, we have X amount of money, you know, can you help us make movies? And it was, I think it was 10 times more 
than they had last time. I worked for them. Like I hadn't done anything out there to market myself. I hadn't raised my rates. I hadn't branded or built a new website. I hadn't done anything different out there. But internally, I had completely shifted my vibration around my value and my worth and recognizing that I am nature and that this body that I'm dwelling in follows the laws of nature. So that's kind of how how my business started. Oh, and Deborah. And this money, and at, you know, my program is called The Anatomy of Money. That's also why the program mm. is called The Anatomy of Money, because mm-hmm. I really saw from the inside out what's going on, because the inner is creating the outer. Oh my goodness. That is so, I, I totally dropped down. I, I totally relaxed. I normally interview standing up. I decided to sit Indian leg uh, cross-legged while talking with you. And I just feel like listening to you talk and the universe expanding and contracting. And it, it just makes such perfect sense. So autoimmune issues are our disconnect from nature. It is a Mm -hmm. disconnect from who we truly are. And the Mm -hmm. invitation for healing is coming back to who we truly are and to recognize that we are in total harmony with nature. And when we are striving, when we are, and those are the autoimmune personalities, the overachiever, the overworker, the uh, people pleaser, the perfectionist, all of the things that you are describing so beautifully. I am a recovering perfectionist. It's again, it's that, masculine push, push, push energy. And I don't mean the male necessarily. I mean, it could be male or female, right? It's just the dry, the pushing forward as opposed to the feminine receiving and allowing and not doing enough of that. Right. I mean, we've just, we've just, it just seems so clear to me when you were talking, it's like, we have just, we're out of sync with our true nature. Yeah. And what what is our true nature so many people identify with something that you can see like you know this shirt and this shirt is beautiful and it's not my true nature does it please me yes but i can't take it with me and this body that i live in is it's i'm making it up on the fly I was thinking about this in the shower this morning that, you know, we take for granted that we live in these bodies as though I get in the same car every day, but you don't get into the same body every day. Your body is constantly changing, Mm. constantly growing. And the next version of you is being built by you all the time, 24 seven, new fingernails are growing, new hair is growing, new skin cells are growing, new bone cells are growing, new blood cells are forming. We're constantly making ourselves up. And, 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 you know, to approach life in this way, that nothing is fixed. I mean, here's what is fixed is the eternal part of you, the breath that you're breathing, the the universal consciousness Mm. that is animating you is infinite and eternal. And that is the truth of who you are. That that soul level essence of who you are mm. cannot be shaken. It cannot be, you know, in, influenced in any way by money. It doesn't care. It doesn't care. I mean, money is soul energy too. You know, I would say for, um, 
for, especially for people who may be wondering, well, how do I have more ease with money? Well, how does your soul delight in creating? Delight, allow your soul to delight what it delights in creating and put that into the marketplace, whether it's art or books or healing or Reiki or, you know, whatever your God-given, God-is-given heart-centered mission is, when your soul is, is in alignment with what you're here to do, you will discover more ease internally. Mm. And I think what creates dis-ease internally is when we don't honor the truth of who we are, and we try to be what they want us to be, mm-hmm. right? When we try to people please, or I'm not going to say that because they won't like that. I won't eat that food because they won't approve of me, right? When we when we contort ourselves to get other people's approval, yes. we're acting as our not self. And if you're your not self, then you're self and you're not self, right? Then there are two of you. And what we're talking <laughs> about, right, is a unification, right? Right. Yes. Yes. That That is so, 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 so beautiful. So when we're not in alignment, there is dis-ease, there is disharmony. And when we have that level of stress, that always on stress response, I call it a stress reaction because that's what it is. It's not a response. Um, We can't heal in the stress reaction. The only place where healing happens is in the relaxation response. When we bring everything down in that parasympathetic rest and digest mode, tend and befriend, but we are so habitually wired for doing, 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 and taking care of everybody else and not sitting. And, and what I have found, Deborah, and I, I'm so curious, um, and you can go in any direction you like, but a lot of the people that I work with and my clients and students have trouble just sitting because mm. it's so uncomfortable. What's going to come up if I just sit? And I think... Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing you say overall is that to to get into the flow with healing or money or whatever it is, we have to be in alignment with our nature, with nature, and not fight it and not be pushing against it. And mm-hmm. one of the ways, one of the pathways in is just sitting, right? But how, help me to understand how you counsel people that have difficulty just sitting, Mm-hmm. It's such a great question. It's such a it's such an interesting thing to ponder, and I love the way you framed it, which is people are afraid of what they're going to see. My perspective on it is that every one of us is, in a way, living in our own private movie theater, and every one of us is projecting our consciousness onto the world around us. And in the same way that you can project a movie on the side of a building, we're projecting our consciousness onto trees and humans and animals. And, you know, we're just projecting our own belief system onto other people. And so when, when I work with people, so let's say I'm working with somebody who, who wants to make more money. And um, I ask them, why do you want to make more money? And then they say, well, because um, 
I, I want to feel like I'm valuable. Well, why do you want to feel like you're valuable? Because I never was listened to in my family of origin. And I felt like I never mattered. So this is very, very common that people will feel like I don't have anything to contribute. I don't matter. And this will show up in their money story. The reason that they're not making as much money as they want is because they don't feel that what they have to contribute is that valuable because they had didn't grow up with the conditioning of being valued. Is that making sense? Yeah, totally. So, so what will happen is they will unconsciously create in their lives situations where people don't listen to them, where the perception is they weren't listening to me. You didn't hear what I said. You weren't listening to me. And they will have multiple experiences where they feel like they aren't valued. And so it's very painful to feel the feeling of nobody values me. Mm. Now, if this is the story, nobody values me, nobody values me, nobody values me. I need somebody out there to value me. And if somebody out there values me, then I'm going to feel good about myself. And if somebody out there doesn't value me, I won't feel good about myself. In either case, I have made somebody out there be responsible for me feeling valuable or not. You with me so far? I am so with you. Okay. So what happens now is, you know, after some work, they realize, wow, I've given all of the responsibility to somebody out there to value me and make me feel good about myself. It's your responsibility to make me feel good about me. If you don't like me, I don't like you, right? Because I don't feel valued because you didn't value me. I don't like me because you didn't value me. It's completely it's messed ridiculous. up. But we, this, is, this is what we do, right? Yes. Or I need to blame somebody. Right. And, and then I get to be right. In either, either case, I've totally abdicated responsibility for myself. They're responsible for how I feel about me. So what we do is we help flip that around and, and help people realize, how are you valuing you? How are you valuing you? Because you can value you. You can validate you. 24 seven and you don't need them. And, and so it's a way of helping people come back into the core of who they are realizing I value me. If you don't, that's okay. I do, you know, I'm an early to better. I'm often in bed at nine o'clock, sometimes eight 30. I like to go to bed early and there are people who call me at 10 o'clock at night. That's okay. I don't answer the phone, right? Like they like yeah. to be up. And I don't like to be up and they get to be right. And I get to be right. And it's not even a right or wrong Mm -hmm. conversation. It's just, we're all living according to our preferences. So to bring this back around to, to the conversation of how do you work with, with it when somebody doesn't want to go into the dark places is just hold very gentle, loving presence for them to realize that what they're looking for is in that darkness What you're looking for is you to value you. What you're looking for is you to honor you. In the case of food issues, food is so tied up with love. Mm. And, you know, we're often conditioned to believe, oh, I should eat that thing because my mom made it 
And if I don't eat it, she's going to feel unloved. So I'm going to eat the thing I'm allergic to, even though I know it makes me sick because I don't want my mom to feel unloved. Or she's going to say, do you want second, sweetie? And I'll say, no, thank you. And then she's like, but I made it for you. And, you know, and then, and then I eat more and then I'm too full and I feel really uncomfortable that I did it so that she would feel, it's completely messed up. So I help people untangle some of these conditions of what they think they have to do to be loved, to realize what they must do to love themselves. So it also sounds to me, because these stories are just so completely understandable, and I have pictures in my mind's eye of each of those scenarios, um, they also sound like boundary issues, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about autoimmunity, we're really talking about leaky boundaries, because yeah, totally. intestinal hyperpermeability is the pathway in, right? But we're not just talking about the gut. I mean, all linings, the blood brain well, barrier, blood brain barrier too, right? The, yeah. but the, but our field, I mean, le- letting people in, not saying no or saying yes, when you mean no, or saying no, when you mean yes. I mean, we just yeah. start to not be clear around those boundaries, right? So how do you, help somebody with those Mm -hmm. boundary issues. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. And it's, it's an interesting polarity. I'm thinking of a couple of things. So one is, you know, as the eternal you, every one of us is breathing the same air. Every one of us is drinking the same water because there's one water cycle and there's one air cycle and it's moving through all of us. And the air that's flowing is air that every single person has ever breathed. So in a way, we are boundaryless. As soul, we are yes. boundaryless. Yes. And then we come into these bodies and we have this idea. And I think it's a very masculine concept of boundaries. You know, I don't think the Native Americans even have a word for boundary or for mm. fence. Um, I might be wrong about that, but if I remember correctly, I, I feel like it's a very um, it's a very masculine idea of this is mine, not mine. This is mine, not yours. It's like yeah. staking a claim. And it's the feminine model is about sustainability. We can make a bigger pie. We can all contribute. It's a win-win as opposed to win-lose. So this whole boundary conversation is interesting because we have been conditioned, especially when uh, autoimmune diseases are up, that it is not safe for you to have a boundary. It's not safe for you to say no. It's not safe for you to... um, to say, I, I don't eat that, or I don't drink that, or this is how I take care of me. For me to fully take care of me means you don't, right? I'm not going to stay up until 11 o'clock at night just because right. you want to be up at 11. I know right. I need to go to sleep. And and how many people do that? Yeah. Or, you know, back to the food thing, you know, it's we just have passed the holidays and did people load up with, with sugar and alcohol and stuff that makes you feel not very good? Mm-hmm. You know, like, or not? Or did you say, no, I love me more than that. And, you know, so, so what, what would it be like rather than thinking about, I need to have boundaries because I need to protect, I need to defend. If our come from is I need to protect, or I need to defend, you need to defend because you think somebody's going to take something from you. Mm -hmm. You need to defend because you expect there to be a battle. Right. right. You need to defend because you expect that somebody's going to argue with you. And what if there's nothing to defend? What if everything is unfolding perfectly? Then what? What if everything is unfolding perfectly? 
right. how, how do, how do you interact with boundaries then? You know, I think about <clears throat> a, 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 an atom and at the center is the nucleus. And then there's this electron cloud and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a cloud, it's amorphous and the electron is wherever the observer says it is. Where's the boundary? Mm. So I'm, I'm willing to challenge the belief system that says there have to be boundaries rather than me needing to keep you out. What if I focus on this is what I need for me? Oh, I love that. That's inside out thinking I and feeling, you, right? right? Right, right, right. It honors the other person. It right. honors, it honors their perspective. They want to go to bed at 11 o'clock. It's not about making them wrong. It's right. simply that I am prioritizing myself. This is just what it is. It's not, yeah. there's no conflict in that. There's no shame. There's no guilt. I used to feel sleep shamed by mm-hmm. a, um, uh, I'll just say a, a distant family member. And I used to feel bad about it because I like to go to bed at 830. And she likes to stay up until midnight or one. And I would feel bad that I, I could know do that too. And it took me, it took me a while to really just be clear that in not in a mean or any kind of way that was off-putting, but just I'm really clear. This is what I need for me. And it's not even about you. So if you're giving me trying to give me something, which might be what I perceive to be a criticism, right? Interpreting it as a criticism. But if I don't accept it, then it doesn't affect me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I stopped re- affecting me. This reminds me of the four agreements. And one of them is don't take anything personally. So when I stop taking personally that you're going to be mad at me if I don't stay up until midnight, I have that too. And what a concept, right? Like sleep shame. Sleep it's shame. It's so crazy. It's a thing. It's, it's a thing though. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a thing. And also food shame. You know, if, if you, you know, if I say, no, thank you, I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink alcohol because I don't like the way I feel. Right. And I even sometimes say, I wish I liked to drink alcohol because I think it would be fun to enjoy the taste of alcohol, but I don't like the way it feels. And I like the way that water feels in my body. Right. And and I used to feel some shame around that. Like people aren't going to like me. They're going <laughs> to judge me. Yeah, it's just crazy. We're so conditioned to worry about people liking us and accepting us. And of course, that's totally natural because yes. as humans, we're tribal and we want to belong. That's and so right. there's this built-in polarity if we want to belong and we want things to stay the same and yet living in a body it's constantly evolving and it's constantly changing so there's an inherent conflict living as a soul in a body that's constantly renewing itself when the ego version wants it to stay the same and the organism is constantly not the same Mm. right i mean there's just Mm -hmm. an inherent polarity in that existence yes one other thing i want to say about about um you know when bad things happen to good people or, or boundaries or blame mm-hmm. or feeling like people are going to be mad at us is it's really helpful for me and for my clients to turn it around and ask myself, what's the meaning I'm making about this? Mm. And what if I'm wrong? What else is possible? What is there for me to learn in this? What is there for me to learn in this? You know, in the case of autoimmune, you know, pick 
let's say, a dysbiosis. Let's say it's a digestive issue. It has to do with receiving. It has to do with your ability to discern and to metabolize and, and to let go. What are you taking in? What are you receiving? What are you consuming? Or is it consuming you? What thoughts mm. are you consuming? Or are they consuming you? And if your thoughts are consuming you, like worry and anxiety and not good enoughness, you know, those are three that consume a lot of people, you know, you forget you created those thoughts. Yes. You created the thought. So you are more powerful than the thought. The thought doesn't control you. You have forgotten how powerful you are. You have forgotten that you are the creator with a capital C instead of reacting to the thing that you created. So it's like we walk around the whole thing and we get 360 perspective. And then I realize, oh, it's an opportunity for me to be really mindful and deliberate about what thoughts I'm consuming. Mm. What food am I consuming? What time of day? Is it organic? Does it agree with me? Yeah. Rather than reacting and living by default, there's a way that that, you know, an illness or a disease or a health crisis, it's a wake-up call. And the reason that the body is showing us a health crisis or, or there's a scar that's healing or there's high blood pressure, whatever the, the symptom is that is perceivable, your body is showing you where it wants you to pay attention. It's actually on your side. It's on your team. It's not going against you. It's saying, hey, pay attention to me. I'm with you. And I need you to pay attention right here. So it's actually the most loving. You know, it may sound counterintuitive, but my perception is that our bodies are the creation because of how we're flowing energy. And so when there's an energy, like a turbulent area of energy or an area where energy isn't flowing, it's an opportunity for us to be even more loving, even more intentive, even more deliberate and gentle with those parts of our systems, whether they're, you know, uh, skeletal in the case, musculoskeletal in the case of arthritis, or they're digestive, or they're, you know, cardiovascular. There is intelligence in the body that's asking for our love. Really beautiful. I I do talk about that as messages from your body. And if you don't pay attention, they just get louder. But what a beautiful invitation to be to live deliberately. I I think that is um, such a great way of framing this because we are the creator, we are in charge. And I think we have so many automatic thoughts. And what do they say 60,000 a day yeah. and they're spiraling around and most of them are on a downward negative spiral. And I, I have a recent lesson on want a better life, tell and write, write and tell a better story because mm-hmm. we have this, this uh, bias, right? This bias of it, it's all, we, all it is, is a recounting of the facts in a way that's either positive or negative usually. And we tend towards the negative. Mm-hmm. So I love and what not you're even saying. All the facts. And they're not even all the facts. And, right? and you're so- recounting some particular fact that serves the result that you want to argue for, which is normally a limitation. Right. 
right? right? For example, you know, I work with a lot of people who want to make more money and they say, oh, I can't make any money. I don't have any money. It's not in my bank account. I don't care if it's in your bank account or not. Your bank account is a reflection of what you did in the past. It has zero bearing on what you're going to do in the future. So why are you looking at your bank account, which is a reflection of what you did yesterday or last week or last month or last year? You know, right? Like, are you going to create something new? And they're like, well, I don't know. Are you growing new hair? Yes. Are you growing new skin cells? Yes. Are you growing new toenails? Yes. Like you are growth. We are growth. That is the, the definition of being in a body biologically. And, you know, I had this, I had this epiphany, this understanding when I was in biology class, because every cell creates the next one. Every cell creates the next one, creates the next one, creates the next one, creates the next one. And everything is unfolding in that forward movement, right? Mm -hmm. The hair doesn't fly in and decide to attach itself to my head. It grows from the inside out. Mm -hmm. You and all of you are growing from the inside out. So all you can do is grow into the next version of who you are. You can grow into the next version of you who is healed or who is able to walk without pain or who is able to sleep through the night. You, you grow into the version of who you are becoming. Mm. You can't, you can't be the only one on the planet who is not unfolding in a forward and forward. Isn't the right I guess it is, it is forward because everything is part of a continuous cycle, yeah. but everything is unfolding in the same direction is what That's I'm right. trying to say. That's right. right. The leaves come out of the tree and then they become flowers and then they become apples and then the apples fall to the ground and they become compost for the next generation. And then eventually in the, in the next spring, new leaves and new branches and new flowers and then leaves fall and compost. And so that's, that's the cycle. And we are a giant, toric field just like the tree yeah. that we're that we're constantly unfolding from the inside out we're rising in a bigger way than we have before and we're also rooting deeper we're more anchored in the truth of who we are as we um pass through time in a linear way down here on the earth plane okay so you've said so much that's juicy in there and now i feel like i want you to bring it to earth a little bit for for the understanding of what can people people that want to grow into the best version of themselves and in harmony with this flow that you're talking about what are some practical ways that we can do that that we can like literally put into our morning routine or throughout the day or you know give us some of those tangibles because this is I resonate so much. And I think we've been talking at a high level and mm -hmm. I'd love mm -hmm. to just bring, yeah, it, bring it down. So you already mentioned one of them. I think you did writing it down, writing it down, writing mm. it down, writing it down, writing it down, write it down. There is a lot of neuroscience evidence around writing things down. When you write it down, you get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper. And when it's on a piece of paper, you can see it. So one of the things that I do almost every day is I write down when I'm doing my journaling, these are the things that I will accomplish today. And these are some of my big visions. And I see it both from the big picture and I see it from the granular level because the big picture, I can chunk it down into what are some tiny baby steps I need to do each day. 
So writing things down is super helpful. It's very helpful for you to write down what's your three-year vision. Three years is the magic number for whatever reason. How do you, how do you feel in your body three years from now? Um, how's your relationship with yourself? How is it with your family members, with your beloved, with your kids? Um, where do you live? What's your business? Who are, who are you serving? When you get very, very visual and you can paint a picture for yourself and emotionalize and, and then step into that movie, you, you begin to feel what it feels like when you're living that life. So I spend time every day visualizing, painting a picture right here on the screen of my mind. What does it look like? What does it feel like? I don't worry about the how, because when you go into the how am I going to get there? I don't know how you take yourself out. So allow yourself to visualize what does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Can you see the water? What's the, what's the shade of blue of the water? Can you feel the warm wind? This is part of my vision. Mm. Um, you know, like, like it's quite visceral. Mm-hmm. So I visualize, I write it down. Um, you know, in the case of affirmations, affirmations are very powerful because your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between what's really happening and what you imagine is happening, right? We've all been in a movie, which is light being projected onto a screen. It's not really happening, right? It's just light and a, and a white screen and we get all caught up in it. And then we're crying or we're angry and our heart is racing. And, you know, that's a perfect example of how your mind just emotionalized and internalized the chemistry without anything really happening. And we do this in dreamland all the time too. We get angry or we wake up in tears because you've seen an experience on the screen of your mind. So when you're using affirmations or when you're using visualization or when you're writing it down, write it in the present tense as though it, it has already happened. It's already so. I've already, I'm already a seven-figure business owner. I have already a six-figure business owner. Um, I already have a new Tesla. Whatever the thing is, I don't know what your thing is, but, but write it down in the affirmative. I'm healthy. I, I feel great in my body. I, I ran a marathon and it felt awesome. You know, put it in the present tense as though it is already so because your brain will immediately go out and look for proof. In the same way that let's say you decide I want to get a new car and I think I'd like to get a Tesla. And then you start noticing Tesla's all over the road, right? Just because you put a little seed in your mind, your subconscious is extremely suggestible, which is another, uh, reminds me of another power tool that you can use. Thomas Edison said, never go to sleep without seeding your subconscious mind. Mm. So every night before I go to sleep, as I'm falling asleep, as my the fast beta waves are cycling down to alpha. I put in there, I just insert in there what I want. So sometimes I ask for my dream state to reveal to me what's the next step in my business. Sometimes I ask for an answer to a problem. Sometimes I just say, I am going to have the best night's sleep tonight. Pretty much every night I say, I'm going to have the best (laughs) night's sleep tonight. And I haven't gone to sleep yet, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm telling my subconscious mind, it's going to be an awesome sleep. I'm going to sleep deeply. I'm going to wake up well-rested. And then I do. Love it. So those are are a few things. Um, And, you know, there are some other things like, um, you know, if you want to really go deeply, I'd recommend that you find a practitioner who works at the subconscious level. 
There are lots of modalities. I, I use tapping as one of my modalities and breath work is another one of my modalities that are really great at accessing subconscious memories and often traumatic memories and healing them. Um, but there are so many things out there now. There's EMDR, there's something called a BOD, there's tapping, there's, you know, different lights and sound therapies, crystal bowls. So I highly recommend that if you really want to go deeply into healing some of the subconscious patterns that have conditioned you to believe that you need to struggle, that you need to be in battle, uh, it can really accelerate your healing. What we know is that stress, the condition of stress, down-regulates the immune receptors on the cell, which increases inflammation. And when we access the subconscious mind, which accounts for 95% of our beliefs, our thoughts, our actions, our habits, we tap into the all that is. We tap into all healing, all abundance, all possibility. And it's a quite rich and, and profound healing space to enter. So I recommend that you find a practitioner locally. I know Palmer does this work and I do this work and there are people all over the world. So find someone that you resonate with. That was so beautiful. There's a word that you said that I have to make sure that I get. You said there's a modality called abode or abod. Uh-huh. How do you spell that? I think it's a B-A-U-D. B-A-U-D. I haven't used it myself. Okay. I, don't, I have a client who uses it. B-A-U-D. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it's a kind of laser therapy. Got it. Got it. Yes, there are so many. And the other day I had a remote biofield tuning session with a magnificent <laughs> practitioner. So this is tuning forks on your yeah. energetic field. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it makes sense. We're just energy, not Mm -hmm. just. We are Mm -hmm. 100% energy and everything that is coming off of us, everything that is us, is our energetic vibration that's rippling into the cosmos. You literally are creating the world by your vibration. Yeah. I love that. rippling out is affecting the planet. So it's powerful. You are it, is, powerful. it is so powerful. This has just been such a beautiful and profound conversation, Deborah. I feel like I could talk, I know I could talk with you for hours. I just, I just love this. I feel like this is a perfect place to pause. And, but I want to invite you to share anything you like if you want to talk about one of your books Um, any kind of access path that you want to invite people to find you would be fantastic. I would love to invite your listeners to join me at a free Facebook group. It's called the Anatomy of Money Academy. Anatomy of Money Academy. You can just put that in the search bar and you'll find it. And it's a free group where heart-centered, mission-driven, like-minded entrepreneurs, business owners, coaches, healers are gathering to talk about this conversation about new wealth consciousness and how everything is a reflection of everything. Your health, your income, your vitality, your life force are all indicative of how much energy is flowing through you. And it's called the anatomy of money because as we began this conversation, when we pinch ourselves off from source, when we say, oh, I can't have that, 
you know, I'm over here and all this other stuff is against me. When we isolate ourselves or, or, or intentionally take ourselves out of the mix and don't include ourselves, we pinch ourselves off from the life force of all that is. And uh, my mission is to help people tap into, tap back into the source of infinite abundance that you truly are. Mm whether you're working with a health issue or a relationship issue or a financial issue, they're all reflections of the same thing because the way we do anything is the way we do everything. So I'd love for you to come over there. I do a lot of free trainings over there. I do some challenges. Um, There's actually a book you can get there for free. That's called turn on your tap effortless guide to what is it called? Flow and abundance, something like that. I do a lot (laughs) of tapping Uh, right now. I'm on a hundred days of two minute money tips that are all about, you know, this high level conversation about, you know, how do you step into flow and is flow a wave or is it a particle? And, you know, am I part of something or am I separate from something, which like if you're a wave, you're part of something, but if you're a drop in the ocean, you're also part of a wave. And, and how do we navigate this, this, I'm an, I'm an individual, I'm a unique being. And at the same time, you know, I'm part of the fabric of the cosmos. So it's about the super lofty and a very grounded conversation. And, and there are people it. there who want to do good in the world. So you're welcome. You'll fit right in. I, I think this was the perfect way of describing your group is the lofty conversation meets the earthy reality. And I think that's what we've just done is to really bring it all in because it's, it's all, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all part of this discussion, right? The and inside, the outside. It, it is who we are. It's the flow. It's the um, cycles. It's the the word that you're using about the heart, that it just squeezes. It opens and squeezes and that's it. Yeah. And that's one cycle. It's not that there's open or closed. The opening leads to the closing, which leads to the opening. And that continuity, when we realize, oh, that continuity is everything, then uh, oops, are you still there? I am. I just got, I just got a low, ba- low battery message. That's when okay. we realize that that continuity is flowing through everything, we can relax. And as we said, relaxation is where healing happens. Deborah. this has just been such a pleasure and an honor to talk with you. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for your time. And I, I can't wait for the next time. Thank you. What a, what a treat to have this conversation. Yay. I love it. All right. Well, be well, my friend. And I look forward to talking with you the next time. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.